Hi, folks. This is Art Walensky, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of the Messianic Jewish Expositor podcast. We're going to talk today about uh, an important question, and that question is, why are we as believers tempted by certain things? Why is that? It's because we still have a sin nature. That's the answer. One of the names for this sin nature is the flesh. This is the part of who we are that gives Satan a foothold. And when the law, the law of Moses, tells us that certain things are sinful, Satan uses the law to increase the strength of sin and to tempt us to do bad things. Satan is able to do that because of the flesh, our flesh. And Satan tries to convince us that because we can be tempted, we aren't saved, that we are unredeemed sinners, or that perhaps we have lost our salvation. Well, my friends, if you have accepted Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, meaning if you are born again, then you are saved. The old man is dead, and your eternal destiny is secure. But your salvation is not yet complete. You don't have your redemption body yet. You still live in the body of sin, the flesh. That's why, even though you're saved, you have trouble being fully obedient to God. Another way of saying that is to say that you, meaning we, you and me, and all of us, have trouble walking according to the Spirit. You feel like the Apostle Paul must have felt even though he was saved when he wrote this. Romans 7, 24 and 25. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. Those are the words of Paul the Apostle. With this passage in front of us, and with the juxtaposition of serving the law of God with the mind and serving the law of sin with the flesh, we must draw a certain conclusion. What is that conclusion? Well, there is another Bible verse that can help us to know the answer to that question. Let's read Romans 6.6. 6. I think the King James Version is especially good here. Let me read it to you. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, with Jesus, that the body of sin might be destroyed in order in other words, in order that the body of sin might be destroyed, in order that henceforth we should not serve sin. 
Let me paraphrase that verse. Actually, let me read it one more time and then I'll paraphrase it. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And the paraphrase is this. Knowing this, that our old man has been put to death on the cross with Jesus, Yeshua, in order that our body of sin might be deprived of power, in order that we should no more be slaves of sin. Please note that this verse tells us that our old man is crucified or put to death. The tense of crucified is the aorist tense. That means that our old man has been put to death once and forever, meaning permanently, in Jesus. Him, in this verse, is Yeshua, Jesus. When we believe we are spiritually joined to Jesus on the cross, we are in him. And therefore, when he died, we died. Our old man died. So when we believe, God includes us in what happened on the cross, in Yeshua. Our old man is crucified, we're put to death, permanently. Who is our old man? Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones tells us in his commentary on the sixth chapter of Romans. Our old man is the man or woman, old woman. We were in Adam before we were saved. You might remember that all of us were in Adam in his loins when he sinned in the garden and something called the fall happened. Sin then entered into Adam and was passed down into each human being ever born. And that includes each and every one of us. Because of this, we are spiritually dead at birth, each one of us. Remember that the cause of death is sin. There is no other cause of death, only sin. Adam died because sin entered into him. We are all spiritually dead as soon as we leave our mother's womb because there is sin in us, the sin that was passed down to us from Adam because we were all in Adam when he sinned. Think of sin as if it were an autosomal dominant gene, as if it were such a gene. It isn't, but if you think of it that way, it's helpful. Everyone who inherits it manifests it. We are all born as sinners, so we are all born dead, spiritually stillborn. There are no exceptions. So that's who the old man is. The old man or woman is the man or woman we were at birth, the man or woman who came from Adam, who was in Adam. Do, do you know the expression in Christ or in him or in Messiah? That refers to who you are now if you are a believer. As believers, we are in Christ. We are joined to him. Before we were born again, we were not in Christ. We were in Adam. The old man is who we were in Adam. But Romans 6.6 6 tells us that the old man is dead, dead forever. 
the old man cannot rise up again. Many people teach that he can and does rise up again, but he cannot. That is wrong teaching. And when the old man is crucified, we are justified. Galatians 2.20 talks about the same thing. Let me read that verse to you, Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, folks, this is the same crucifixion mentioned in Romans 6, 6, supernaturally accomplished by God. Let's read that verse once again. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now, what about this body of sin? What is that? We are told that our old man is crucified with him, crucified with Jesus, Yeshua, in order that the body of sin might be destroyed. What is the body of sin then? And what does destroyed mean here? Now, destroyed cannot mean put to death. The Greek word for destroyed is katargeo, spelled with a K, katargeo, which means to render powerless, or perhaps better, to deprive of power. The power isn't all gone, but there is less of it, a lot less of it. The Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament by Bauer et al., commonly referred to as the BDAG or the BDAG, describes it this way. Katergeo means to cause something to lose its power or effectiveness, to invalidate, to make powerless. So destroyed is not a good translation because destroyed makes us think of death. Normally, when something or someone is destroyed, they no longer exist. They're gone. They are dead. But that's not what's happening here. The body of sin is deprived of power. It is still alive and it still has power, but its power is reduced. The body of sin causes us trouble, my friends. There is no question about that. The body of sin makes it harder for us to walk in the spirit. But because it is deprived of power, we are no longer slaves to sin. My friends, I cannot tell you how important that is. But what exactly is this body of sin? I want to go back to Galatians 2.20 for a moment. Let me read it again. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Notice the phrase, and the life which I now live in the flesh. I think that the flesh in this verse has to refer to our earthly body. Nothing else would make sense. That's the way the New Living Translation 
translates it. And I think those translators got it right. But flesh has more than one meaning in the New Testament because the Greek word for flesh is always sarx, S-A-R-X. The meaning of flesh in each case is dependent on the context. The flesh can mean our unredeemed material body, the whole unredeemed material body. So even the brain is included, for example. But flesh, in the context of Romans 7.25, has yet another meaning. It refers to something else that is unredeemed, something that is not material. It is unredeemed human weakness and frailty that includes a propensity to sin, a sin nature, if you will. It is the body of sin in Romans 6.6. That's what it is. It is a residue of the sinful nature, if you will. When we receive our resurrection bodies, we will no longer have this body of sin. The flesh, that flesh, will be gone. But it is not the old man. The old man is gone now. He is dead. And again, that's an essential thing because if the old man was still alive, we, will be, we would still be slaves to sin. Now let's go back to Romans 7.24 to 25 again as I believe it helps us to understand the body of sin and the flesh. And let's not forget that Paul was saved when he wrote this. Let me read it to you yet again. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. With help from the analytical lexicon of the Greek New Testament, another lexicon, I believe we can say that the Apostle Paul is equating the mind with the faculty of moral perception or understanding, and that he is equating the body of this death with the flesh. In this case, unredeemed human weakness and frailty that includes a propensity to sin, as I mentioned a moment ago. This flesh, or body of sin, is giving Paul all kinds of trouble, but he is able to overcome it. Why? Because the old man is dead. Paul is rejoicing over that truth when he exclaims, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, please take note again that the Apostle Paul is speaking here as a believer. So what about you and me? What do we do? We must crucify the flesh, this unredeemed human weakness and frailty, this body of sin, daily. This is sanctification. The crucifixion of the old man was done entirely by God and led to immediate justification, and forgiveness of sins. 
That came first. We could never do that. And it is done, finished, totally completed and permanent. God declared it when we believed. He justified us. And he has given us the status of righteousness. That's what justification means. But crucifying the flesh is something different. That is something that we do with the Holy Spirit's very necessary help, and we must do it daily. That's what Paul is talking about in Philippians chapter 2. Let me read Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13 to you. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. We must not live in the flesh. We must not walk in the flesh. Why not? Because there are consequences of walking in the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 tells us what they are. Let me read to you Galatians 5, 19 to 20 in the New Living Translation. When you follow the desires of the flesh, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. And Romans 8.13 adds more. This is in the NIV. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Now, how do you die by these misdeeds? How does that happen, folks? It's physical death. You don't lose your salvation. You can be murdered by a jealous husband, however, and that'll kill you if you're guilty of adultery, or you can die of HIV disease from using shared needles, you can die of a drug overdose, or from cirrhosis of the liver due to alcohol abuse, or suicide due to financial ruin from gambling, etc. That's physical death. So we need to do something else, something different. Let me read to you from Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man or the new woman who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, God, Jesus. Now, I've repeatedly stated that the old man is dead completely and permanently, but it is still, it is still possible to walk in the ways of the old man. 
The devil very much wants you to do that, and he will tell you that your old man is alive, meaning that you were not born again, and that you are still a slave to the old ways, to sin. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, folks, that is wrong. You are not still a slave to the old ways, to sin, if you are born again. <coughs> Put off the old man. Put off the old man, folks. Walk away from that dead body, that corpse. That's the old man. He is dead, so we're going to refer to him now as an it. It, that dead body, no longer controls you. You are a new person now. Walk in the ways of this new person. That's what the Colossians verses that I just read to you mean. And that's what it means to walk in the Spirit. Let's review a few things as we get ready to close. When we are saved, God puts to death our old man completely, permanently, and without help from us. He does it in Christ in order that our body of sin or the flesh might be deprived of power so that we are no longer slaves to sin. Now, if the old man has been permanently crucified, then what is it that must be crucified daily again and again? It's the flesh, also known as the body of sin. The flesh must be crucified daily, and we do that with God's help. So we have a sin nature or sin principle that remains in us even after we are saved. It is the body of sin or the flesh. But we have control over the flesh. And to walk in the spirit, we must crucify that flesh. The flesh must be progressively crucified, put to death day by day in order for us to walk in the spirit. You have to work with him, with God, for this to be done. It is a cooperative effort. That's where free will comes in. So what must you do? At the risk of being repetitious, you must be sure that you are saved and that if you have not already done so, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus and ask him to save you because only he can do that. Only he can crucify your old man so that the power of your body of sin, the flesh, is deprived of its power, thereby providing you with the ability to no, to no longer serve sin, to no longer be a slave to sin, and with the help of God the Holy Spirit to crucify the flesh day by day by day. This is progressive sanctification. As a saved person, the following applies to you. Romans 6, 16. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? So folks, you are now, if you're saved, 
you are now a slave to obedience. To quote the Apostle Paul, do you not know this? You are a slave to righteousness now, and you are no longer a slave to sin. So ask the Holy Spirit every day to help you to obey God by crucifying the flesh, and day by day you will be more, you will more and more walk in the Spirit. Read your Bible daily, pray constantly, attend church regularly, fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Messiah, and you will walk in the Spirit more and more. In closing, let me tell you that you will be sanctified, but you have a role in determining to what degree you will be sanctified, to what degree you will walk in the Spirit. There is nobody whose sins are forgiven, nobody who is saved, nobody who is born again, who is justified, who will not also be sanctified. Let me read to you Romans 8, 28 to 30. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Notice that justified and glorified are mentioned here, but sanctification comes between the two. Yet it is not mentioned. Why? Because it is guaranteed to everyone who is born again. No one who is justified, who is saved, will stop at that stage. God won't allow it. All people who are justified will go on to be glorified at death. That means that all people who are justified will be sanctified, although not all to the same extent. All people will not be rewarded at the Bema seat of Christ following the rapture to the same degree. If you want to hear the Lord say to you one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant, then please take to heart heart what I've said to you in this talk, in this message, and put it into practice. I want to hear the Lord say that to me. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, one day. I believe that's what the Lord gave me to share with you this time. Thank you for listening. This is Art Walensky signing off. God bless you all.